Hello, my friends. Welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast for our 29th day of the month of November. It's the middle of the week, and we are... Well, today you can find the midweek Bible study. I put these up every Wednesday, and it's from our Tuesday evening Bible study in Flowery Branch, Georgia. We're beginning a little journey through the next several weeks on Advent. We're going to be ministering an Advent themed sermon every weekend at the Garden Church of the Midlands in Irmo, South Carolina. But in the meantime, we're we're still transitioning from in here from Georgia, and we're still here for the midweek meetings. And so we're going to be doing Advent messages on both places, different sermons. So you can follow us in this Advent journey. And that begins today as we start posting those. Advent actually doesn't be- begin until this weekend, but uh, we, we go ahead and get started in teaching some of it, and, and we'll do so through Christmas, and hopefully draw out some some deeper thoughts in this Christmas season than simply relegating it to one Sunday sermon about the nativity. I get the impression, uh, and this is probably just because I, you know, well, it's not just an impression. I've been in the evangelical church my entire life, and This isn't just an impression from afar. This is having been in the middle of it. There was almost a obligatory message about baby Jesus right around Christmas. And we didn't really do much with it other than Jesus is here and and here's what that means. And most of the time, we jumped straight to the cross. We like had here's baby Jesus, and but baby Jesus won't won't do it. We're going to have to have crucified Christ, and we would just jump all the way up to Calvary and use his nativity as just another reason to get to the cross. And uh, I, as an adult, before I realized there was a whole Christian season called Advent that celebrated not only the the arrival of Christ, but anticipated the, the re-arrival and anticipated a second coming, but was to put ourselves in the mindset of patience and waiting, waiting on the arrival of Christ, and that if we could, we could look at the prophetic language of the Old Testament, and we could anticipate the arrival of the Messiah with them, and maybe put ourselves into the mindset that they had and find out why it was important. Why does it matter? that they were waiting on Jesus, and what, in what ways were they disappointed when Jesus arrived, and why were they disappointed? And it can teach us a lot about ourselves. In some ways, I don't know that we get all that excited about those kind of things because they're, they're sort of spiritual history lessons, and a lot of people don't like history. They didn't like it in school. They don't really want to mess with it now that they're adults. They don't have to. I love history, and I'm taken with it because, to me, history affords you the opportunity to say we've been down this road before. If if it were not for history and the understanding of history, you would never be able to say we've been down this road before because being down this road before means we've got history. And we only say I've been down this road before because what it means is I know what to do. Well, the only reason you know what to do is because you have history. So if we look back onto how they anticipated Jesus and how they might have missed him, then we might learn where we're missing him now and and how we could potentially miss him in the future. So jump in on that journey. Every Wednesday we'll drop them. 
and, uh, over the next several weeks. And then also we'll start to drop the Advent sermons from the Sunday meetings beginning uh, the Sunday after the first Sunday of Advent. All right, Luke chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus says to them, You will surely say this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have done, whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Now, this is an indication that some stuff has happened in Capernaum. And so, did, does that mean that Jesus has, has healed people in Capernaum? Um, quite possible. We, I'm not trying to identify what healings have happened, what haven't, because we're in Nazareth now, and this isn't have this doesn't have near as much to do with doing the miraculous as it does responding to the fact that Jesus has just declared these scriptures to be fulfilled. He says, "You'll surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal thyself." This is where it gets pretty fascinating to me. Is where does Jesus come up with this? You'll say this proverb to me. Sounds like it's a proverb they should surely know. Um, We don't have that exact phrase appearing as a proverb anywhere, but we do have some similar things. For instance, there is a a writing from, from Hebrew literature, physician, physician, heal thy own limp, but that's not found until a few hundred years after Jesus in print. So it could very well be being based upon what they had heard that Jesus said. Maybe the closest appears in the 6th century B.C. in Greek literature, where Aeschylus refers to to a, a phrase that sounds something like this. Like an unskilled doctor, you lose heart and you can't discover by which remedies to cure your own disease. And so that, that might be close. Uh, what we could what we almost certainly can assume is that Jesus is coining a phrase, physician heal thyself. What is a little more confusing than where he got it is what does he mean by it? Well, the moral of that phrase in general is it, it, it's a criticism of hypocrisy because what it says is attend to what's wrong with you before you try to fix what's wrong with other people. So, hey, physician, heal yourself. Why does Jesus say this in regards to what they're saying about him? Is Are we to assume that Jesus has some form of physical defect? That something's wrong with Jesus? And he's saying, I know what you guys are thinking. Fix yourself before you fix the world. But I think it has more to do with the fact, verse 24, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. And then Jesus turns to two Old Testament stories. I want to give the fullness of those Old Testament stories in tomorrow's essay. They're the stories of Elijah and the widow and Elisha and Naaman. And his stories caused that room to explode with wrath. I don't think that what he means when he says, physician, heal yourself, is I've got some defects. You guys want me to fix me before the rest of the world. I think what he's saying is that the gospel that he brings, the anointing that he brings, they expect that only for themselves. Do the work on Israel and Judah, but Jesus pushes the boundaries and says, it's not going to be that way. We're going to do the work elsewhere. And then he brings up a story, two stories about two Gentiles. This is a, a battle between expectations and reality. And it's 
It answers the question as to who's included. I'm looking very forward to writing this essay and reading it to you tomorrow right here on the podcast. We'll see you then. God bless.